Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Big MX Radio's number one sponsor, none other than Medterra CBD. You can go to medterracbd.com right now and enter discount code BIGMXRADIO15 to save 15% off every single one of your orders. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and this is episode 776 of the Big MX Radio Podcast, and we're pleased to bring you a very special episode, uh, and this episode is definitely uh, dedicated to uh, Bill Posey. Uh, he's uh, uh, unfortunately no longer with us, but uh, this is a very special podcast because we'll have his son, uh, Will Posey, on the podcast tonight to... Uh, to, to talk about him and tell his story and uh, as soon as hearing about the news uh, I, I thought about this for a little while and I wanted to reach out to Will to uh, as, as someone who's had a great relationship with my dad uh, moto dads alike all around in the sport uh, it's it's a sport it's a relationship that um, is very much unlike any other um, you, you teach your kid how to ride a dirt bike and, and send them off uh, to go jump some some jumps that more often than not the our, our dads wouldn't uh, would even dare try but uh uh to win the races that's what we needed to do and and to to achieve our goals they got to encourage us to uh uh just take to the skies and and no different for uh for will and his dad um will i really appreciate you making some time for us tonight uh and uh especially in in the wake of uh some pretty shitty news not so uh much in the rearview mirror uh how are you today Well, man, I want to say thank you for having me on. Obviously, it's an honor um, to hop on here and, and, and honor my dad, I guess I should say. Uh, we, like mm-hmm. we, had a, we had a great connection, and obviously the motocross industry, there's nothing like it, man. I mean, it's obviously one big family, as we all know. And uh, Yeah, man, it's, uh, I'm doing good and just, you know, like I said, uh, hanging out here at the house, uh, actually working on the uh, next uh, episode of Red Bull Moto Spy. Uh, okay. You know, that's my day job, as we all say. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. a full-time editor and colorist, and do a lot of stuff in the in the sports deal. So, yeah, man, just uh, you know, doing the daily, right? Absolutely, and I do have some questions about that daily gig of yours, um, because uh, the Moto Spy, obviously, one of the uh, the most preeminent. Uh, video series is in this in the sport of motocross right now tons of eyeballs on that uh um and and people follow along at, with every single episode that comes out um but uh like like i said off the off the hop the the relationship between father and son I feel, especially in the sport of motocross um is it, is a really close connection like you don't have a lot of coaches in 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 an individual sport like uh like motocross Nine times, I would say ninety nine percent of the time, the sport is introduced to you by a father who, who gets you that first bike, uh, introduces it to you, goes through the process of of uh, teaching you how to use a clutch for the first time, where where the controls are, what they do, and and, uh, and eventually how to use those controls to take to the skies and uh, and achieve your goals and, and go pretty damn fast. And and you're certainly someone who, uh, who 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 had a whole lot more skill than I do on two wheels. Um, but uh, maybe get into that a little bit uh how, how your dad in, introduced you to the sport and uh and some of the memories that you shared with him uh like at a i, I assume pretty young age yeah so um my father actually raised me as a single dad um and my dad loved motocross i guess since he was a young child but my grandparents his, his mom and dad wouldn't allow him to race they said that it was just too dangerous and 
he loved it. So he would basically say, hey, I'm going to go out of town and go hang out with my friends for the weekend. And obviously that's not what he was doing. They didn't know he had a motorcycle. So he would go to like the local races and, and would race. And, and, you know, obviously he wanted to be pro and all that. And he never, he never really got the chance, obviously. You know, he, he didn't have the backing from his parents. And so um, when his divorce was final, this is funny, he got me uh, my first four-wheeler. And uh, it was like a little Suzuki 50. Okay. And um, and that's kind of where it all started. But backing up just a little bit, um, he started me out on a little battery-powered four-wheeler um, that we actually had in the house, and I started riding that at a year old. Um, and so I learned how to ride it the first day that I actually got it, and I could ride it all the way through the house without running into the walls or running into the furniture or anything like that. And he and he told me, you know, multiple times the story, but he's like, I knew right then that I had I had something. I, he goes, I knew you were gonna race, and and he was like. Obviously, he was stoked when he found out that, you know, he was having a son, but then when it all started to come to life, you know, he was like, finally, you know, he, he kind of wanted to live that dream, but he never got the chance, so, you know, that's where it all started, and um, it also, like, uh, you know, a little bit after the whole four-wheeler uh, thing and the battery power in the house, um, he told me the story back, I don't know, man, I was probably a year and a half old, and, and I woke up in my crib, and, and I was like, dad, dad, you know, like, waking out and he's thinking something's wrong with me and he, and he comes into the room and he flips a lot on and I'm standing up in my crib and he looks right at me and I look at him and I go I need a motorcycle it wasn't I want a motorcycle I need a motorcycle and so that's when the whole you know my mom didn't want me to race when they you know when they were still married and stuff she's like oh, she's too dangerous too dangerous and like I said earlier you know when his divorce was final he had a four-wheeler waiting on it on me a little gas powered Suzuki 50 four-wheeler and that's kind of where it all started um and it was literally every time i was over at his house we would go and ride at this field um they had like graded it or whatever because they were building uh, like storage buildings or something like that and so it was just an open field and we would go over there every weekend or, or during the week and, and that's what we would do and it just became i guess like an addiction as i guess it does with any kid that you know wants to race or, or ride for that you know it's like like i said i still tell it to this day it's like a drug and you know it just it kind of took off man and, and we weren't really expecting i guess to do what we did but <clears throat> as a single father i mean with with your son and, and you know we were going through some hard times um just with the whole whole thing with my mother and and, and things like that and, and he was just trying to keep my mind off of that and i mean we just started traveling the country and you know we did races and, and we were doing arena cross races and just all over and, and you know it really kept me busy and 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 being a young child I, I know how it can be you know not having your mom there and, and it actually kept me somewhat okay you know and, and I really leaned on my dad and he stepped up to be you know he's my father my best friend my mother you know he was he was all of it in one and um I mean he he, he did it for me man and he we we went after it right so two guys against the world and uh I'm I'm for I'm First, for first and foremost, amazed that you will readily uh, admit that uh, your first addiction uh, in life was to race quads. Um, like that, I'm totally cool with that. Uh, I, I like it, it's uh, it's an interesting uh, thing to to get excited about. I know, like quads are are a bit of a paralyzing or a polarizing topic here in the motocross industry. But uh, uh, how soon after getting you uh, a Suzuki four wheeler were you uh, were you on on two wheels for good? So it's like six months after that. Um, okay. I mean, had to get rid of quads. Realized, you know, hey, like we didn't want to do the, <laughs> the whole, 
Yeah, we didn't want to do the whole quad thing. I think he had just found a good deal on a quad and wanted to get me on something motorized. You know, I hadn't even learned how to ride a bicycle yet. And, uh, yeah, he got – so, let's see here. I want to say that he got me that full wheeler, like, if, if I remember correctly, because there's VHS tapes of this that I've watched yeah. recently um, since we've – you know, everything's kind of happened. But I want to say it was in, like, March or May – is when I got the four wheeler, and then that Christmas I got um, a PW50, and then it was two wheels from there. And it was like, you know, once I learned how to ride, it was like two wheel feared, man. And that's what I was saying, you know, with the racing. I didn't, I raced the four wheeler a little bit, like local races, but, you know, we really started traveling once we started, you know, racing uh, on two wheels. And, and, you know, I didn't even ride the PW that long. I actually uh, moved up to, I don't know if you remember, but the LEMs or LEMs, yeah, as everybody Lim, yeah, would yeah. call them. Yeah, and uh, I remember we had this trailer. Yeah, he uh, he bought me this trailer, man. This is a funny story. So okay. the way he did this, um, this is when we really were starting to get into racing, and he was like, um, he he got me this trailer and and two bikes for Christmas. But the way that he did the surprise is he he hid these keys all around the house, and they had like these envelopes and stuff. And and I was like, you know, I, was, I think I was like four when all this was going down, and so like he had like this thing I had to figure out and like where I had to go, like, you know, hey, you got to go here, then the next step, you got to go here, <laughs> and somehow, as I'm, like, looking for these keys, this man has this trailer hidden around the house, and I never saw him, like, move the trailer or anything, and I walk out the front door, and sure enough, there it was, a, uh, a trailer full of brand new bikes, two bikes, and he's like, well, son, here we go, I hope you're ready, and, like, it was, he just always had a, a, a tricky way of surprising me and stuff, like, you just, you know, as a child, you're you're yeah. sneaky, you're trying to figure out what's going on, you know, and here he is, got me walking around the house, and I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> no kidding, that, 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 like, putting some extra thought into stuff like that really speaks volumes to uh, how much... How much care your dad took into uh, in introducing you to the sport? Obviously, uh, like the whole, like uh, not only just to give a gift, but uh, the uh, the presentation of it, just uh, going that extra mile. Is I, I think you'd probably agree that's something that your dad uh, really uh, set home or like made made a serious effort was is to be attention to detail and uh, uh, yeah, just go that extra mile for you. That's pretty cool, man. I would say, you know, that, you know, as everybody says, you have the greatest gift that your parents gave you. And, and I mean, honestly, that would probably be my greatest gift that, you know, he gave me because it made, it made my childhood, my livelihood and, you know, what I've, what I've grown up to and, and where I'm at in the industry now. Like, man, I mean, I can just only sit back and think like, well, what if we didn't race? Like, where would I be? And like, would I change it? No, because like it has been the most fun I've ever had. And like, you know, obviously I've had crazy injuries and, and, you know, I'm in a wheelchair now because I'm a paraplegic and, from the waist down but like you know it made me who i am today and and man like i said we just it like it made us become best friends and like that was like my rock you know absolutely no like i i, I like motocross it's something that it's 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 much like the foot pegs they're they're sharp and they dig into you they don't let go um and uh once uh you, like you you have the passion for motocross uh i had no no very too many people who were able to wow step away from it completely uh in fact i like and i think it's very like, you probably agree with this like tons of guys grow up racing 
long after they they don't race anymore, they still keep their motocross number in their like social media handles and stuff like that. Long after they like, even if they raced on eighties, they're like grown adults now. They still rock that uh, the the two digit number that they raced with in uh, in the social media handles and stuff like that. You just carry it with you everywhere, and uh, the memories that are uh, that are built through uh, the racing two wheels are really second. They're second to none. Yeah, it really is, man, and and it's crazy what it will do to you, I guess, your heart, right? Like I said earlier, it's like an addiction, and um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I I never, ever expected to do the things that we did and and do the travels that we did, and, and, you know, man, I mean, me growing up, I mean, on 50s and stuff, I was pretty decent and started getting the hang of it, and uh, I remember that uh, brand Action Attack actually came out, and we actually got one, and it was like a... They quote unquote said it was like a seven to eight bike, but you could ride it in the four to six class back in the day. And so, you know, we got one. And uh, I remember the first time I tried one out, my buddy, his um, name was Randy uh, Blevins, and he actually had an action. And my dad was like, hey, you should try it. And we were at like a little uh, Victory Sports Arena Cross. Okay. That's like kind of some like local arena crosses, but it, you know, travels state to state type of thing. And, uh, so he put me on a starting gate and I go to get on this thing and I go to do a start well it had way more power than what I was used to right and <laughs> needless to say I looped it out off the start broke the rear fender off seat came off and you know scared me half to death as a child but the next thing you know I ended up he ended up buying me one and uh, we started racing them and <clears throat> probably about five months after we were riding them I actually got a call from them and because we've been doing a good bit of racing and they actually wanted to to sponsor me and give me two bikes um and a parts allowance and my dad was like the only way we'll accept the deal is if you give us a mechanic with it because we kept slinging clutches out the side of the motor and with brake <laughs> frames and i mean yeah you know this was before you know 50s were were what they are now right <laughs> right right, right. So, uh, he was just he was like no we're moving up and and we moved up to 60s and i kind of fell apart there man like it took me so long to learn how to shift gears and, and things like that and it was just it was kind of slow go right but he never gave up on me man he always wanted to go to the track and push me and, and see where i could you know where i could take it and, and we always just kept going and kept going and, and we had good times and and you know I, I got hurt a bunch but you know i would i would get to hang up here and I kind of just, he always called me a late bloomer you know he's like you're, you're a late bloomer and i was but he was like i don't care you know it's all right type of thing and um, we he just he was like my biggest fan i guess at most at thought right Absolutely. No, on the fences, watching intently. Uh, at what point did you get fast enough to actually start worrying him a, a little bit with how fast you're going on two wheels? Well, I, I guess the first thing that kind of comes to mind, um, it would have been my later days in the 65 class. He had actually went ahead and moved me up to ride 80s, and then we were like, hey, why don't we drop down and try for Loretta's because I was still of age to ride 65s. Right, and there was this track called Diamondback uh, MX, and they had this tabletop. Uh, it was like a hundred, hundred and five, or whatever. And um, I hit that on a sixty, and he like stopped me when, when I came around for the next lap. And he's like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" And he's like, "You can't be doing that on this bike." He's like, "You're gonna completely break the front forks off the motorcycle because, I mean, it was a booter, man. I mean, it would definitely throw you, you know, a good twenty, twenty-five foot in the air, you know, on a little bike like that back in the day. I mean." you know it's pretty easy to snap a frame and and he was like man he's like i just i don't feel comfortable with you doing that he's like so you need to stop and i was like no i'm good you know and and so that's when the 
the worrying kind of started and and then you know obviously once i moved to 80s we were you know it things started started to click and but i just had bad luck like we would always be going up to the regionals for loretta's to qualify and i would get hurt and like i had a bad string of, of luck um when i was like around 14 years old and and i would be there i would have the speed and i would break my navicular bone in my hand and that happened to me two or three years in a row and it just got to where it was old you know like i would go and do good everywhere i would go and then right when it was loretta's time i would hurt 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 so anyway so long story short you know it took me a while to actually make it to loretta's which is unheard of you know especially if you're running up front at the other you know nationals and stuff right um i guess that's another reason of his definition of a late bloomer right (laughs) so anyways um where i didn't make loretta's for a while i was legal to ride c-class when i moved to big bikes and so we did the c-class thing and the first year that i tried i was just being stupid out on uh, some property that a buddy of mine had and we made this big double and i wanted to hit it of course because i like to go big you know that started at a very young age and that's a lot of on him too because that man wanted me to jump stuff when i was a lot younger and, and i know i didn't speak on that before but i'll you know kind of back up a little bit and uh yeah he was hard on me, you know, and it's like, you know, hey, you got to jump, man. You got to go fast. If I'm spending this money, like, you got to rip it. Let's, you know, I want, I want you to do it. And uh, he, he may have thrown a rock at me or two back in my younger days as well. You deserved <laughs> but, it. Um, no, it's good. And and so, I, yeah, I did. Right, I definitely did. But um, so I, I, I broke both my wrists on this jump, and and me and him just could not figure it out. And you know, so then the next year rolls around, and I'm literally winning everything, all my areas, all my regionals, and we're at Redbud, and you know, it was the second, or no, excuse me, the last moto in the 450 class, and I was passing on the first lap, and so I didn't even need to win it, but you know, young teenage me, it doesn't matter, you got to go win it, right? I mean, seventh or whatever they take to go to Loretta is as good as first at a regional, you know what I'm saying? It's not like you're going to win a championship, but me just being me i just wanted to bend it and make him proud and go and win well i ended up crashing really bad and dislocating my hip and uh, messing up my kidneys and my spleen <clears throat> and i'll never forget it's the first time i've ever saw my dad cry and and, and i guess because i had actually legitimately gotten hurt pretty bad and, and he was like hey man like you know we we need to quit and i was like no like i'm i'm good i was like help me get back on my bike like because i guess i was in shock and and um you know, I ended up figuring out, you know, how bad I was hurt after that. And uh, so I took some time off, and, and he was, you know, a little concerned. And I was like, look, I want to I go ride again. And so one or, one of the first two times that we went and rode, I was riding a supercross track. Um, and I ended up going triple-triple in this rhythm section. And the second triple, uh, something had happened. I think I got wheel spin, and it kicked me. And I ended up endoing really bad, and I ended up getting a bleed on the left side of my brain and it just seems like the injuries kept getting worse and worse and when that happened he cut it he was like you're done we're done no more like this is it and he pulled my bikes and he put them up for sale and that was it for a while and you know when when you're not riding man you kind of get bored right you just we were just hanging out and like i was just like man i'm just not happy and but he could tell he could he could just see it in me you know and he's like i just feel so bad he's like because you're not able to ride and, and finally I just begged and begged and begged and I was like man I really want to go try to qualify for Loretta again and I was like because I just want to say that I did it once and it was probably about a year afterwards after that uh, head injury and I ended up qualifying and I almost won Loretta's that year I ended up getting fourth 
Um, I had a bad moto. My second moto actually was winning in the moto. But, man, just to see, like, that comeback and, like, see how it, like, really affected him and, like, how he was, like, he was scared, man, for me to go back out there and race and ride. And, and uh, I actually lived with Shea Bentley um, the summer of that year. And No uh, way. You know, it was she, just, I had it was Shea Bentley on. He's like, a good, you know, hey, we, we he was a good it, interview. You know? Yeah, man. Me and Shay go way back. That's a, that's a that's a homie of mine. Man. He's known me since I was uh, eight years old. Yeah, that's wild. Now, like we grew up in one of you could agree with this. Uh, we grew up in one of the coolest eras of of pro motocross, amateur motocross, you name it. Like when we were like kind of in our form our most formal years. That's when like. Uh, McGrath and his like, finishing off his career. Carmichael coming up. Uh, James coming up. Like, you know, like Shea Bentley's knocking down Supercross championships. Two strokes. Um, like just everything out throughout the two thousands. That was that was cool. And there's tons of money in the sport. Like we had a a little bit of an embarrassment of riches as far as how cool the sport was when we were uh, uh, still doing our thing or doing our thing growing up. Like it's still a cool sport. Don't get me wrong, but I, I think that. Uh, Maybe it's just because that's the area I, era I grew up in, but uh, I think we were a bit spoiled. Yeah, I mean that era, like you said. I mean, it was just yeah. There was I felt like there was a lot of money in the sport at that time, but also everybody was good, right? Like these races packed out many as you go. And there's hundreds and hundreds of people that are, are there to race and and you know just the way I I'll never forget. You remember like sponsor house and like everybody was always like stickered up you had to sticker up the whole front fender and you had the stickers all over the visor and 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 you weren't cool if you didn't have like a moto playground sticker a little bit tweaked on the on the visor you know what yep. i mean like there was just there was these like it was it was cool because there was like these little like cliche things that everybody had to do to like fit in and i remember like the fox chest protectors and shift and all you remember like i think that's back in the day when everybody was running like it was a uh, like a chrome like red or blue or yellow fox chest protector and that's like the, I had the chrome cool days when uh, Nico was on the Suzuki's yeah <laughs> yeah and the the no fear chest protector with the chrome shoulders and people would take the arm uh, the arm protectors off so it would just sort of be like just the chest and shoulders uh, that was that was the that was one of the coolest looks yeah man it, it was really cool and and I don't know man I just feel like that was the era of motocross like yeah today it's great right but I don't know, man. I just felt like that's when, like, moto, and, and I wouldn't necessarily even say, like, pro moto, but, you know, for sure amateur moto, that was, like, it that was its prime, like, when it was, like, peaking. And obviously it's still great now, but, like, the nationals, every national was packed. And, like, you know, you went to Texas for two weeks, and then you had Ponca right before the Reds, and literally everybody showed up, right? Yeah, everybody. Yeah, the guys didn't uh, – people didn't really dodge uh, um, competition. It was just like – it was just like if, if, you're, if your class was stacked, the class was stacked, and that, that's the way it was. Um, and, uh, yeah, I thought it was a really, really cool uh, um, cool era to be in, and you're right in the thick of things there with, uh, with your old man uh, going to all these races. I got to imagine that he must have made a lot of sacrifices, worked a lot of long hours to be able to afford to do all that stuff. As much as he was hard on you, he, like obviously he must, he must have had to work pretty hard to be able to put all the uh, support behind you. 
Yeah, so, you know, this goes back to, you know, I, I guess, you know, people that are around us kind of know his story, but then a lot of people don't. And um, actually, in 1994, um, I actually almost lost my dad when I was a small child. So my mm-hmm. father um, had a bad accident where he was shot in the face um, in his house, and we almost lost him. And basically, when this was going down, the doctor said, you know, hey, like, he's going to be a living vegetable for the rest of his life. He won't eat he won't talk he won't walk nothing like you know he's going to be on life support and my grandparents wouldn't pull the plug on him and um they used to take recordings of myself on a tape recorder of me talking to him and they would play it for him when he was in his coma because he was in a coma for like six months um and he said that's what pulled him through he said he would hear my voice and um yeah so my dad actually you know like i said he raised me as a single father walks talks eats did everything as a normal person would right you wouldn't even you wouldn't even know that he was in an accident besides the the scars on his face i mean he had full facial reconstruction surgery you know yeah he didn't have a forehead he had a a plate metal plate for a forehead and like left eye instead of having a tear duct he had to have a glass tear duct because they had to rebuild all the sinuses and all kinds of stuff man i mean the dude was a trooper i mean he he definitely went for it and um I mean, he had to have multiple surgeries um, as I was growing up, and, and instead of staying in the hospital like he was supposed to, you know, for weeks at a time, he'd stay in there for a few days, and he's like, all right, I'm leaving. we got to go to the track, and we got to go race. And he would take, tell them to take the tubes out of him or, or whatever to drain his head, give him a few pain pills, and sometimes the doctors wouldn't even do that, and I guess they were trying to keep him in there, and he said, whatever, I'm going. And, and he would just do it, man. And so um, he was, you know, my father was disabled, but he still did things on the side to uh, support our racing. And, I mean, honestly, man, like, I mean, he he did as much as he could. But, I mean, there was rough times where we, you know, we didn't eat much or, or, or you know, we didn't eat, like, super crazy good. You know, it was we got to make to the races and we might have, you know, a, a, a thing, a canned chili or whatever to, to make it to the next race. But I think that's what made it fun and made it you know sacrificing right yeah absolutely and when you're young you don't even really notice a lot of that stuff for the most part that's just part of that's just like you, you know some struggles but like i, I myself like i grew up my mom hitting all gross like uh garage sales and stuff like that i, we, I didn't think any different of it because that's all i really knew and basically this, a, a similar situation um but uh that, that must have been a, a great breeding ground for you two to uh develop a very cool relationship the two of you uh like basically uh two guys against the world going to all these races um making the sacrifices going to the races and uh uh and and getting some results as well that must have been pretty cool man yeah it was rad man i mean we used to sleep in the back of his bronco so we had a white bronco it was funny because people used to make jokes about that Um, oj simpson of course yeah and and you know (laughs) Yeah, of course, right? O.J. Simpson, you know, where's is, is the glove under the front seat? <laughs> um, but, no, so, yeah, we would sleep in the back of that, and, and we'd have a small trailer that we pulled, and, and that was it. That's how we would get to the races for a lot of it. And, you know, there was a lot of times where, you know, even after we didn't have the Bronco, we would just sleep in the truck. And, and like I said, we would just, we would go for it. And, and honestly, I, you know, I appreciate everything he did for me. And, and, you know, as a child, you go to the track and you see what other kids have, have a motorhome and all that. But I mean, 
even with the best of them, man, we still were able to, to do what we need to do. And, and, you know, we started picking it up and man, it was just, it was, I was just thankful to be able to do the things I did. For sure. No, that, that, those are the best of times, man. I think that's why a lot of people, if they have the opportunity to race, uh, minis of any kind, whether it's, uh, the, the Lems or, uh, racing 80s, you name it. Uh, those are some cherished years. And it's really cool that you got the opportunity to share that with your old man. And, uh, um, yeah, like, I'm, I'm sure, like you said, you probably uh, scared the living crap out of him with a few injuries here and there or hitting a few jumps that, uh, that he wouldn't dare hit. Uh, or half the time, half the time, the rest of the class isn't even hitting. But uh, that's all part of it, man. And uh, it's really cool to uh, to see the two of you basically growing up, like almost kind of growing up together and becoming uh, best of buddies. Now, uh, like all the way, all the way through your twenties as well. Yeah, man. I mean, we continued on. Um, I mean, you know, there was times so after Loretta's and '09. Well. Um, saying earlier, you know, after we did so well up there, we actually, uh, you know, money got really tight um, with with kind of the construction crash and, and all of that. And we uh, we decided to take a break, and we didn't race for a while. And I kind of started getting into the media stuff, you know. And it was time for me to start putting my head of, of you know, where am I going to go, and, and start trying to make some money to help out. But you know, the, the the sport still lingered, and I still wanted to do it. So we would. You know, I'd have a bike here and there, but I didn't really race. I just rode, and, and um, long story short, basically, I got into the media business, and I ended up um, doing the Racer X Film Contest, and GoPro sponsored it at that time, and I did it with a friend of mine named Jeffrey Lewis, and um, I didn't win the contest. I think I got, like, eighth or something like that, but a couple of weeks after it, like, you know, they started putting results out, I ended up getting this call from somebody at GoPro, and I thought it was just a friend of mine that was playing a prank on me you know and i had no idea and, and you know they basically were like hey we were like we want you to come out like we want you to shoot for us we want to test you out let's, let's see and next thing you know i'm on a plane and i'm going going to texas to a race to shoot and you know this is on the totally different spectrum for me you know and, and i was super stoked because i was still involved in the industry and you know still got to be at the races and it kind of just took off i didn't expect it to go where it went and you know i ended up going and living in california full-time and was basically over two-wheel motorsports at gopro as far as like the media stuff I mean, man we created viral videos and, and we got top 10 ad awards and it's just i never would have thought you know where that passion of me picking up a camera when i was 15 was my best friend um that we actually met back uh, I don't know when we were on 80s is when we met this kid named Matt Tim and his father uh, Terry and, and we just always filmed and just you know when I would be hurt you know my dad would take him racing when I was hurt um, and so that's how the, the whole camera thing kind of started and did I ever think that I would do it for a living no I did not but when I went to work for GoPro it just it just took off and, and man I, I traveled all over and was you know all over the country and 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 so when that started i started making some decent money again to where i could afford a motorcycle and so i was like all right i want to start this again and my father was actually living here in georgia taking care of my grandfather okay and i was like hey man i want to try for loretta's again like i'm gonna get my card like let's go do the whole shebang and he would come out and stay with me six months at a time so we could go and and uh race and and i hadn't really rode in five years and had a couple of months to get back on the bike and i was like well i'm gonna try for loretta's and 
next thing you know, I ended up making it. And, you know, I remember when I made it back, you know, again and how excited he was, man. I mean, he was just, he couldn't believe it that, you know, we had done it again. And then um, literally six months after Loretta's in 14, I ended up winning the national title in 2015. Um, and, and seeing his face, I'll never forget. So I, uh, it was uh, Brock Pappy as he was in my class. He won the first moto. And okay. This goes back to being in a pickup truck at the race. You know, we're, we're literally, it's freezing out. Um, and I think it was like February or March when this was. It was for the Spring Classic at Mill Creek. And, you know, they're out of the, the, the KTM rig down there and, and all, everybody's other motorhomes. And literally, we just show up in a pickup truck. And I didn't have hardly much money to my name because, you know, I was trying to buy bikes and, you know, help him out as much as I could. And, you know, I was making decent money, but I also was living in California where rent's through the roof, right? So yeah, exactly. I didn't have that much money. So we're staying, we're, we're staying in the truck and, and, and literally, you know, we go and, and we win a panel, man. And it was just crazy because everybody was just like, you know, everybody looked at us like, who, who are you? Like, why are you even doing that truck type thing and, and but then we went out there and, and we did work and it was just like you know we, we opened some eyes at that point and honestly like I said this goes back to being a late bloomer again but I just never forget him coming busting through the crowd um, when I was on the podium and coming up and giving me a hug and he was just like he's like dude I just he goes I can't believe this he's like you know all this hard work and here we are and, and he's like you know you, you hadn't even been really because I didn't even really train like you know it was just I just wanted to race and ride, and I was like, we'll hit these races, and we'll just we'll try, because I worked 60 hours a week at yeah. GoPro, you know, I was working full time, and so, like, you know, I got to ride maybe every two weeks, and it just all started clicking, and, and we started doing arena cross, and the first one that we went to, I ended up making making the night show in the main, and, and you know, it just, it all started, and, and we started riding Supercross, and, and I remember we went out to Milestone, and he was like, uh, this is kind of him being scared again. And he was like, uh, well, you're going to jump the triples, right? But you're not going to skim the loops. He's like, I don't think you can do it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to skim the loops. And he's like, yeah, but you've never really, like, rode a legit Supercross track but a few times. And that was, you know, years ago. And he's like, are you sure about that? And I was like, I got you. But I was like, just just hold on. <laughs> and, of course, he's worried that I'm going to go out and get hurt because, you know, I was prone to injury, injuries. And sure enough, went out there, got on top of him. And, and it was like – like it's like the man never was not surprised right i mean he's seen me do do things over and over but he was always ex- as excited as he was when i was two years old and he just <laughs> it was like he was just always there to be like so supportive and like i just he always had this this look on his face when i would do something and he would just be like you're a nut dude like he's like where do you get this from there you go i mean that's crazy man like uh and, and honestly like uh going out there and like starting to like like you are the epitome of a late bloomer the fact that you were basically like almost kind of hung him up after like i wouldn't say an unsuccessful amateur career but like eventually you have to go get a job and you have to go do something else and then there's not too many guys that sort of like they start working at a place like gopro and then end up at some point like trying to like race arena cross and then do and, like getting ready for super crosses and stuff like that like uh, that most people do it the other way around. They're they're they try their hand at Supercross, and eventually they maybe they work get they get a job at a place like GoPro. Um, you did it completely backwards, probably getting some really cool footage with Ronnie Renner along the way. Um, uh, but uh, that that is a pretty cool story in and of itself. 
Yeah, it was wild, man. I guess, yeah, you could say it was, like, backwards. And, like, you know, we would go to these shoots, and, like, I would be riding. And, I, like you said, Ronnie Renner. So we actually did a shoot in Panama. And right. um, I actually became good friends with, with Ronnie and Nate. Actually, you know, another good friend that uh, I became well well known with was James Stewart. And I'll okay. get more into that in a few. But um, I'll never forget, we went down to Panama, and we were shooting for um, the session when the session came out. And we were at um, the Nitro Circuit Hotel. I forget the name of it. But when we were down there, we were just trying to skim the pool. And uh, anyway, we were down there shooting, and uh, they had a YZ125 that they let me ride. And we were, like, riding up down the beach. And I guess Ronnie and Nate, you know, I didn't really, when we would go, I wouldn't really talk about me, like, riding or anything like that. You know, I told them, hey, I rode a little bit here and there. But, you know, those dudes are freaking rad, man. And, and I enjoyed just, like, hearing their stories and, like, hanging out with them and, uh we got right. to riding on the beach, and we ended up making a, a turn track, and I was in flip-flops, no shirt, a bathing suit, and a helmet. And we got out there, and we actually started ripping, and, and um, we got off after we got done. I mean, me and Ronnie stayed out there for, like, 30, we jammed out a 30-minute moto on this turn track, and we got off, and he goes, dude, he goes, I thought you said you just rode for fun. Like, I thought you didn't really ride that much. But he was like, you're out here, like, literally in flip-flops and shorts and putting the bars in the sand. He's like, what? He's like, I didn't know that. He's like, why didn't you tell us? And, like, they were all just kind of, like, in shock. And I was like, well, you know, dude, like, that was just my time back in the day. I was like, it's it's nothing like that. And uh, and then so we all started hitting it off. And uh, so it kind of merged into uh, with James. And, like, you know, James – it's kind of crazy, man. Like, I just feel like a lot of people had, like, different feelings for him. And, and yes. you know, I Absolutely. grew up watching James, and he came he came to the to the, to the local track here um, where I'm from. And, like, you know, I, I met him there. And and then, obviously, he went on his, his deal, and then, you know, he didn't remember me from back in the day. I mean, the dude, you know, he's a legend. And um, we actually just really hit it off, and I understood, you know, like, you know, sometimes these guys just, want to do their thing and want to be left alone and a lot of the people that come in the industry that are filmers photographers or whatever they actually might have grown up um in the industry like that and don't really grasp i guess the emotions that come with riding if you have a bad day or a good day and i just kind of understood him and 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 we created this relationship man and and um man it got to where we texted through the week and like he didn't even know i rode for the longest like the whole time we would go down there and shoot and all this like I never really talked about it or whatever. And then um, Roger Larson, we, me and him were talking about something, and, and something came up on my phone, and he saw a picture of me riding, and he was like, hey, man, you know, is that you? And I was like, yeah. I was like, you know, I ride. And, and James overheard it. We were actually down there, and he was like, he's like, oh, you ride? And I was like, yeah, man. I was like, you know, I'm, I've been doing some uh, the arena cross stuff, some hands and stuff, and I was like, I'm going to do some supercross next year. And he was like, wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute. He goes, you've been down here this whole time and you hadn't even been telling me that you've been riding he's like he's like i gotta get you in seven gear like he's like you've gotta you gotta you know wear the gear and he's like he's like you gotta come down and ride in my place and like i'm, I'm just like blown away you know like just how me and him connected and you know i ended up wearing seven for a while and um mm-hmm. i actually wasn't gonna go down and ride it it's like a few times roger actually invited me down um a few times but i ended up getting hurt um, I was going to do East Coast, uh, a few East Coast rounds in 2016, and I ended up uh, completely destroying my wrist. I flew flew in from um, from California and um, to do this arena cross race. It was a pretty good payout, and I ended up crashing in a set of whoops and 
demolishing my wrist and and that's when my dad was like hey like enough's enough (laughs) like you've destroyed your body like i just really want you to quit and so uh, i hung the boots up for a while and just really focused on my work and and um stayed out in california till the end of 2016 and and you know i i loved my time at gopro man It, it taught me a lot and um it actually allowed me to connect with guys in the industry and, and, you know, with where my future is now, like just being able to become, I wouldn't say known in the industry, but knowing the people that I know now, it just helped me grow as a person. And it also allowed me to get things for, for my father where he could actually get in and meet these guys because, you know, that was something that meant so much to him when we were growing up and going to the supercross races and all yeah. that. And like, you know, he would look at these guys and he was, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call him a fanboy, but, you know, with the way he loves motocross, I guess he never really saw me being at that level to know those guys personally like we did. And so when I started making connections like that, man, he just thought, you know, that I was a hero type of thing. You know how it goes, man, with your parents. They just, they think you're rad. And, and it was cool because totally. I was actually able to give back to my father and, and, you know, let him meet these guys and actually get to talk to them and, you know, he would see stuff that a lot of people wouldn't get to see obviously when we're doing shoots and, and things like that which was which was really cool to be able to give back and um yeah so i actually left gopro um at the end of 2016 and uh started my own deal and and uh, like i said wes williams and i've been after it ever since and um yeah so i i got this back wanting to ride again man and at the end of 2017 i started missing riding again and i hopped on a motorcycle and we started racing again, and, and sure enough, uh, I wanted to, to go and do some supercross in 18, and oh man, lo and behold, the injury hit again, and it finally got me good, and uh, I ended up breaking my back um, in January of 2018, and got my spinal cord, and became paralyzed from the waist down, I actually crashed in another set of whoops, I guess the whoops didn't like me, my dad was always like, you you, you can't commit, can you, and and. <laughs> before I started hitting them when we were at Milestone, and then he realized that maybe I committed a little too much. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I ended up getting hurt, and um, I'll never forget, man. He Just the look in his eyes, and I, I kicked myself for this, but um, he just, he, you could tell that he was like, Dad, I'm a, you know, I can't believe this has happened, but at the same time, he realized all the good times that we had, and I had to tell him over and over, you know, through my rehab and laying in the hospital, I was like, this is not your fault, because he wanted to blame himself. And, of course. And I was like, you know, got to look back at all the great times that we had and i was like man i was like we've had a hell of a run and you've been amazing to me and i was like look how close we are and look at all the stuff that we've done and the places that we've gone and and the people that we've met and the stuff we've done you know and i'm just grazing over this talking here but i mean there's just there was magnitudes of things that we did that i never even thought were possible and it was like i said it was like a late bloomer because it literally happened so late every time it's just odd how that was you know it was like I was always like a, a step late, but I I wouldn't even call it late because it always worked out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wild, man. And like the that that to me, like uh, that's one of the things I think about. Uh, if if that's ever if I ever had an injury like that, is that my my dad would would feel some some sort of responsibility for it, or like I shouldn't have introduced you to this sort of thing. And um, every time I think of that, it, it's it's sort of like a like. I honestly like, and that's one of the reasons why I still ride is that I wouldn't regret it. Like, yeah, it would suck, um, but the 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 enjoyment of riding on riding a motocross bike and jumping jumps and ripping corners and whatever it happens to be, like as as crazy as it is for those who may listen to me say this, it's 
it's worth it uh, to me anyway uh, to to have that exhilaration and and to share that uh, with with people and and have the memories that I had with my old man like and, and that you have as well and actually like just to spin the clocks back a, a couple of minutes when you were mentioning being able to introduce your dad to some of these guys like obviously like I I basically like a, a carbon copy story because. My dad introduced me to motocross when I was nine years old. Uh, I was a reluctant racer growing up. Maybe a, uh, even a later bloomer than you were as far as getting uh, uh, some skills on two wheels. But um, and I, I don't think even at this time he realized what sort of sort of quote unquote like uh, uh, strings I could pull at a motocross race. So we went to the 2017 World Vet Championships, and my dad's favorite. Uh, Magazine is motocross action. Grew up reading Jody's box. Still reads Jody's box. Has never met Jody Weitzel. And and, and anyone can say what they want to say about the uh, MXA guys. But my dad loves loves the guy. And he's like, do you think we were standing? We were at Glen Helen. I'm like, do you think we'll get to meet Jody? I'm like, do you want to meet him? And he's like, you you take me to the guy. I'm like, took him straight to the man. And they had a 25 minute conversation. And he was on top of the moon. Um, it was, you know what I mean? It, it, being able to like, like for all the things that my dad's been able to get me over the years, whether it's dirt bikes or, or all the sports that I got to do, to be able to like 100% just like give that guy an experience that he couldn't, he wouldn't be able to give to himself. Like that was probably as gratifying as it gets. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. I mean, you basically took it right out of my mouth there. Um, but yeah, to be able to give back like that, especially after a parent does go through everything that they do for us, you know, I mean, they give us so much, man, and, and they sacrifice so much, right? I mean, when you have a kid, you do have to sacrifice a lot. And so, you know, and that's, that's kind of where this is leading to, like him sacrificing, like him being scared. So after I got paralyzed, uh, Winter X Games actually had just done their first uh, like exhibition race where it was like Henry, Jonathan Stark, Blair mm-hmm. Morgan, um, Brandon Dudley, and Paul Thacker. And, you know, there, it was a race, but they didn't do X Games medal that year because they wanted to see how it, it worked. And it was the snow bike uh, adaptive, and, and then they had the paraplegic class. Um, and so basically, you know, I'm laying in the hospital bed, and I'm friends with jonathan stark on social media i'd followed him because i saw how he was riding you know and i was like you know i was leaning on a fence of wanting to maybe try to do the adaptive riding but at the same time i knew how stressful it was on my dad to see me hurt like i was yeah and so i was like "Ah, you know i don't really know and he was like you know i don't know either he's like let's just let's just play it by ear well i ended up having a really bad doctor's visit um, a couple of months after being out of rehab uh, I'd say it was about eight months, and I had a pit bike that I had just bought um, before I got hurt, and they had just sat in the garage, and I was just like, I looked at him when we left out of the, the doctor's office, and I was like, look, we got to go to the track. I was like, I'm about to just break down. I was like, and you know two wheels is like my thing to get my release, and he was like, yep, because I need to go to the track. I love it there. He's like, we're going to go, and he's like, whatever we got to do to get you on the bike. He goes, I'll run around the field like I did when you were two years old. He goes, I'll make sure that you don't fall over. He goes, whatever you need. He goes, but I agree with you. And I was just like, whoa. You know, it was like, I almost, like it, dude, it was almost like a connection, like when I was a child learning how to ride, and here I am about to do it all over again, right? And so 
we go to it's, it's called Sand Mountain uh, Motocross. It's in Alabama, and Billy Rains owns the track, and probably one of the nicest track owners you'll ever meet. And I called okay. him up, and I was like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna come down for the day. Like, do you mind if uh, we borrow the field?" And he's like, "No, you know what? Do, what do you what do you got going on? You got a four wheeler or something?" And I was like, "No, I want to learn how to ride again." And he was like, "You've lost your mind. He's like, your dad's not gonna let you do that." And I was like, "No, I was like, my dad's for it. Like." He wants to come down and visit. He wants to hang out the track, and we want to see if we can do it. Well, we get down there, and we strap me on this KLX 110, and sure enough, man, I take off, and like it was just natural, which is it blew my mind because obviously, you know, I'm, I'm belly buttoned down, and I'm just like, I, I actually at this time I think I was uh, a little bit above my belly button because I started out chest down because I broke my upper back, and like okay. um, I was incomplete, so I started gaining feeling um, as time went on. But uh, I got on this motorcycle and, and I ended up riding and, and you know my dad basically was crying because he couldn't believe it that I was riding a motorcycle again and I think what really pushed me to believe that I could do that is how my father they told him he would never walk again talk again or anything and literally he took care of me and I was like if my dad can do it I can do it right I mean he showed me the way so I wanted to, to prove to him and to prove to myself that hey i can do this and we got out there and we did it and um i rode all day in the field man I, and i even got on the track a little bit they had like a little uh a little arena cross track deal for night races and i got on that and they followed me around because i fell over a few times when i first got going because and and uh my neck was like super heavy with the helmet it was funny it was like watching a child literally ride a motorcycle because like you know when a kid has their helmet and it's too big or or like you got this large helmet on a child and their head's just like it can't hold it up my neck was so like you know weak from from all the surgeries and and all that it was just like watching a bobblehead on on a foot bike but no i ended up um posting the video online man and it went viral and uh joe duncan from x games actually found the video and uh we connected and he hit me up and he goes hey like can you ride a 450 and i was like oh yeah totally Dude, I had no idea if I could ride a 450. Ride. <laughs> he wanted to invite me to Winter X Games, and after all everything that I'd been through, I was like, I got it, I can do it. And so I hung up the phone with Joe, and I went in there and I told my dad, I was like, Dude, I just got an, an invite from X Games, and I can show them I can ride a 450. And my dad was like, What? He's like, Dude, he's like, you're out of your mind. He's like, There's no way that you can do that. And I was like, I just rode a pit bike two weeks ago. I was like, I'm fine. I was like, Let's do it. And he's like, Dude, he goes. Like, sure, you think on that, and like you could tell, he was like, "You're," he was like, "No." But at the same time, he always had that yes mentality as well. Like, if I wanted to do it and I kept on about it, he would just eventually give in and say, "All right, let's go do it." And that's kind of how this happened. And so I went and got a 450 from the local shop up here, the KTM shop, that helped me out for a while. I got a new 450, and we built a cage. I have a, a real good friend of mine. It was actually my dad, one of my dad's best friends. Uh, Jim Pewitt, he owns uh, Japco Machinery, Machinery, and uh, we just we didn't know what we were doing. We just started, you know, welding pieces to the bike and started fitting it, and made a made a frame around my legs, and we went to the track and we went to Sand Mountain, and I got on the track, and literally the, the first day that we rode, there's videos of it on my Instagram, but it just it kind of just happened naturally, man. And I started jumping everything on the track, and my dad was just in awe i mean he was scared to death but he was like dude he's like how do you go from that to that he's like asking me that and i was like well how do you go from getting shot in the face to being fine to taking care of me you know so like it was like we're, we're both we were both 
like each other's hero and that's the way it was like the entire time that I grew up racing and and just as like the father son like atmosphere with him man it was just like anything that he did or I did it was like in awe to the both of us and so I don't know I feel like that's just the way our relationship was the entire time you know that he raised me and even was here on this earth he was just always so stoked for anything I did and even if I you know got last and obviously this changed over time because before he would be very angry at me back in my younger days if I didn't win but it got to the point where he understood like hey it's not always about winning it's about making memories and having a relationship with your son and that's when like things really picked up for us as I mentioned before um when he just finally decided to instead of yelling at me and throwing rocks and all that it was like that's when the fun really came into the sport and we got to enjoy that and um so I ended up sending the video in, and they were blown away. And, and I was watching Doug Henry, you know, and I knew that I was going to have to race Doug. And I was like, man, if I could just go there and just do good and battle with Doug some, and I was like, ah, this will be sweet. But I had never been in the snow before. I mean, I'm from, you know, Georgia. Georgia. Down south. <laughs> never really snows here. And I'm, yeah, Georgia. <laughs> it's hot. Never, never, never much snow. And we're here we are going to South Carolina. To Minnesota, Elk River, Minnesota, and I got a sled kit from Cody Cam. I'm not sure if you know who Cody Cam is. But yeah, I do. Yeah. In the motocross industry for a while, and then uh, professional uh, snowcross racer, and we've been friends for a long time. And uh, he was like, "All right, well, let's go up there and we'll give it a try." And the first time I got on the track, I was just like, "What have I got myself into? This is not what I thought it was going to be. I thought it would just be like riding a dirt bike, right?" Just out a few parts and it would be easy go no, I wouldn't say easy go but it wouldn't be as hard as like what when I got on there because you know the ski it, it, it's weird how it works because it has pressure and that's how you steer the bike obviously but like it will grab it's not like riding on a dirt bike track and I came off and, and I was just like dad I was like I don't know I, I think we may have just you know wasted a bunch of money getting up here and trying to do this and he's like you, you need to go out there again and he's like I want you to try and if he's like if you can't figure it out he's like it's okay he was like you know i'm proud of you you got back on the dirt like you showed you could ride he's like but you got to go out there and you got to try one more time to see if you can do it and he's like just just try to go a little bit faster and start feeling it out well i went out that 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 next go around and i remember what he said and i was like i'm just gonna breathe i'm just gonna stay calm i'm not gonna get frustrated and next thing you know i start jumping stuff and then i start jumping everything on the track and like i mean there was some big jumps there to be jumping sit down and he was like just like that all i had to do was tell you just to calm down and you did it and i was like you know it, it's crazy how a father's words can take you from an all-time you know rage to all right you, you know it's okay it'll be all right and, and it just reminded me of my younger years and, and um, so yeah i ended up winning the x games qualifier um I, you know i rode the snow like three times up there before we had the qualifier and it was at the same place and uh yeah, so we stayed up there and rode a little bit and then came home and um, everything was good. I got back on the dirt, raced a few local races. I did some uh, local A, some local A class races and ended up getting top threes in that and battling out with everybody. And like, it That's was crazy. Nuts. Like, you're it insane. Just started to grow. Like, people were like so interested. Yeah, people were just so interested in like what we were doing and like, you know, and obviously a father's going to feel good about that, but I felt like we were we were climbing the the charts in a different way and like how we were able to give back to people and that was like one of my dad's favorite things to do was 
you know, to give back to the kids at the track and, like, really help out, you know, every kid at the track was, like, his child, I guess, around here, and, like, even when you go to the bigger races, he was just, he would talk to anybody and, and, and wouldn't, you know, made no enemies, and, uh, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're doing this, and so we go to X Games, and, um, we get to X Games, and, and I ended up getting a silver medal one year and one day after I got paralyzed. And I'll never forget when I came off the track, the man literally was crying, and he was like, "Dude, I am so happy for you!" And like, he's like, "I can't believe this." He's like, "You literally were just laying in the hospital bed a year ago, and then here you are. You just got a silver medal." And he's like, "You know, how do you feel?" And I was mad because you know I was raised that you go out there and win, you don't go out there to get second. And I was like, "Well, Dad, you know." second place is the first loser and he's like no he's like not in my book he's like you're a winner in my and it's just crazy how he more till you know getting older and like doing all this and we went through all the adversity how like his his mentality changed over stuff and how he just really cherished the moments and like you know and then like i said and it, and it also just changed the momentum and like how i did and how i rode and, and you know it was just incredible to even be able to get back on a motorcycle but to go up there and get second and I actually got the first uh, ever X Games medal in history in Georgia, and you know, Pops, he thought that was crazy, man. He thought, you know, I was the next big thing, right? And he had to tell everybody, my <laughs> yeah. son got an X Games medal. But He's I'm proud of his boy. I was able to leave him with that. Yeah. That's crazy, man. He's proud of his boy, and like that's. And, um, like, pretty actually kind of crazy to think that uh, if not for being paralyzed, I'm not entirely sure that you would be a uh, X Games medalist in any shape or form. So uh, if there's a silver lining anywhere, that's definitely it. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that must have meant so much to him, man, like the to, to see his kid uh, not only uh, battle back from injury, but uh, to make good about it and, like, only one year removed and, like, uh, uh, like shout out to your i don't know if it's stubbornness or perseverance probably a, a, a mix of both for you to continue to get back on the motorcycle time and time again because there's a lot of people who probably would not yeah i, I guess it is a little bit of stubbornness and, and perseverance and also addiction to the sport you know i mean it it's just that's just what we did and, and when we didn't do it it just I don't know, man. I just didn't really feel at home, I guess. And and it was crazy when I started riding as a paraplegic and going to these races and doing these things, man. Just how people would reach out and everybody has their own story and, and like how I could just you know talk to people that were struggling and and it always just brought me back to my dad having his accident and like you know that man struggled through there. I mean, I was lucky to have as many years as I did with him because you know he quit breathing in the hospital three times and they had to zap him back and it's like. He had a purpose, and, and, and his purpose was, was to be here for me. And, and, you know, my mom was, like, kind of in and out of my life. And, and it's almost like it's just weird how the whole thing was formed and, and how he just – he grasped the the, the – oh, what's the word I'm looking for? But he, did, he grasped life for what it was and realized what his purpose was, and he gave me everything he could, and he wanted me to succeed, and that was his all and goal. He didn't care about himself – you know he didn't he, you know he he worried about me and me only and and honestly that was me and those motorcycles and that's what it was man and that's what we did and it shows and and that's where i feel like i learned to be strong like that and want to come back because you know what man if it wasn't for my dad I, I i probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now you know i wouldn't have done what i did i wouldn't have got into the sport that i got into that is like 
is my family, my my uh, it's my livelihood, and it's what I love to do, and I, I won't ever I won't ever stop. I mean, we did X Games again, and uh, I ended up crashing, passing for the lead, and uh, you know it, it sucked, but at the same time, my dad was like, "Hey, man, like things happen, and you just gotta you gotta be okay with it. You gotta just you gotta continue on." And, and I think you know. Like it's like you said earlier. I mean, we lost him. Let's say it's been about a week and a half ago uh, when I when I actually found my father. And uh, yeah, man, it's uh, life is a very uh, fast-paced uh, thing that can literally change in a flash of a pan, right? You know, him yeah. with with him and his accident, and then me getting paralyzed, and then now with what we're going through. Yeah, I I, I can't imagine. Uh, that's like. Uh, and unfortunately, my my, uh, my brother-in-law has exact similar scenario. If he found his dad, um, and um, that's something you never would wish on anybody. Absolutely. Um, and I, that, like I know you've been uh, you've been dealing with some stuff, and that's why I wanted to reach out to get uh, just sort of get your your like give you an opportunity to get your thoughts in order about it, and uh, and have the uh, the the many listeners of this podcast sort of get uh, get introduced to your dad because. Um, just by reading some of the captions and uh, sort like you sort of putting your thoughts in order uh, on Instagram and stuff like that, it, I could really tell that he was a really special guy, and uh, I wanted to to give the, you this opportunity to uh, to talk it out as well as uh, uh, introduce him to uh, the Big MX Radio faithful and. Uh, um, I, I gotta think that uh, um, at the very least he's got something to listen to until you guys are uh, reunited at some point. Yeah, man. I mean, if I would explain him in any words, I mean, he like I said, he was like my best friend, my father, you know, my mother. He he did it all, right? I mean, he took on a role that you know maybe most wouldn't do it and and wouldn't be able to do it. I mean, because it takes a lot to be able to fill all those roles, but. I mean, yeah, we did it, and, and his, I don't even want to call it a funeral, it was a celebration of life, I mean, just hearing some of the stories, it was funny, because I was talking about, you know, how he always gave to the kids and all of that, and um, 100% has always backed me with goggles and stuff like that, and um, we would go to the tracks, and like, kids would need tear-offs, and he would be giving them like, you know, and we talked about, uh, talked about this at the funeral, and it was like, you know, hey man, like I need some for my moto because you know if I get roosted or muddy, I gotta be able to pull my tail off. And here he is giving my stuff away to help other kids. But that's just who he was, man. He really just he wanted to be there for everybody. And like you know, all my friends that come over, he, they wouldn't call him by you know Bill or Billy. It was Will's dad. Like you know, we're going we're going to see Will's dad or hey, there's Will's dad. You know, and like. <laughs> it's just crazy the the legacy that he left and and when i when i got all these calls after he passed so many people said the same thing and like i guess you don't really realize that until something happens but literally all these phone calls that i'm hearing from people that i haven't heard from in years or people that i don't even know but they're like one thing everybody said the same was you do not understand how proud your dad was of you and how happy you made him and how he lived through me and everything that we did and like that came out of every conversation from everybody that called or texted or wrote on Facebook. And it was just like, that's kind of mind boggling, man. Like, you know, a lot of people say different things, but literally every phone conversation or text or whatever, they, somebody always said that. And I was like, man, that's just measures for somebody to really want to 
full on, like, you know, there was one that was like, you know, it, it could be in a room full of 10,000 people and they're talking about something way off, you know, way out in the left field. And then by the time my dad's done talking, he has them talking about me and like what I've done. And like to have somebody that's like, you know, like I said, he's my hero, but also I was his hero. And, and, and I, you know, I, I guess it's, it's a lot, you see that a lot at the track too, man. Like kids just, you grow up so close when you're at the track and you're with, you know, each other day in and day out and you're training and you're trying to make the best that you can. And like, like I said, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And, and he obviously left a, a legacy with all the people that showed up and all the young kids that would, you know, come and see him at the track and ask him for pointers and, and just everything, man. It's just crazy. It blows my mind. honestly. That's wild, man. And, uh, yeah, like, it, this has been a great opportunity for the two of us to sort of uh, go down memory lane, hash some stuff, and uh, yeah, this uh, was like celebrating your old man and celebrating the uh, the great 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 sport of motocross, which is something that you uh, seem to be um, just. It's impossible you for you to get away from it, no matter what the injury, no matter what the circumstance. You're in it, and um, and now probably more than ever uh, with with Verb coming back and stuff like that. I know uh, you you and Wes are, are are back working with that a little bit more. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, man. You know, I think I'll always be in the sport of motocross. I'll uh, I'll do it to the day I, that I die, and and you know more so than ever now. It, it lit a fire under me since my father passed to want to go out. I, I, we actually were setting goals um before you know this whole virus thing hit and, and um you know i can't really speak on that it's kind of confidential but needless to say there's gonna be some stuff that i'm uh that i'm looking to do and and, and working on that's definitely never been done before um in the sport with with the whole wheelchair type deal so um yeah man it's definitely um me and him were planning that and really you know focusing on that and trying to make it happen and, and we were making strides and so you know, I definitely want to carry his legacy on and, and uh, do the stuff that me and him had planned, and, and I still plan on doing Winter X Games in 2021 and, and multiple other things, and I definitely want to do some more uh, motocross racing and, and get up and, and travel the country and, and, you know, just get out and really just show, like, hey, man, like, injuries happen in this sport and things happen, but, like, just because you're in a wheelchair doesn't make you any different than anybody else. Yeah, you might have to adapt your bike a little bit different, but you know hey man like there's a lot of us out there that are in this situation that strap in strap your feet in and we can still send it with the best of them right and it's just it's just all about how you put your mind to and how you overcome it you can't become a victim of something you gotta say hey like you know things happen and and you you push forward and and like i said that's what i learned from my father when he went through his accident is is hey like things are gonna happen and it might not be the prettiest the prettiest right there and you might not be able to do it exactly how you did it before but if you put your mind to it, you can get through anything. And then that, that just falls back on the whole like late bloomer thing. Like we never gave up. We always continued on to strive for it, even though it might have not have happened the first, second, third, fourth, tenth time, you know. But if you don't give up, man, you'll eventually figure it out and you'll make it. There you go, man. That, those are some great li- words to live by. Uh, one thing that I want to uh, give you an opportunity to do before we hang up this phone call, let you get on with the rest of your evening, is um, what would you hope that the motocross or the Met, the Big MX Radio faithful, uh, take away from this? Like, uh, how would you want them to to think about and remember your dad um, for the man that he was and the the moto dad that uh, that he uh, was for you and um, and all that. 
guess I, I, I'm going to say this uh, first things first, and I actually spoke of this when uh, when we actually were doing his funeral um, when I spoke there. But I think one thing for anybody that listens to this, if you race motocross or don't race motocross, I think you know you always need to make sure to tell the person that you love. I don't care who it is, grandma, grandpa, father, mother, girlfriend, wife, whatever. Even if you are angry at them and mad at them at the world, you always need to make sure you tell somebody that you love them and the reason why I say that is because that might be the last time that you get to tell them that and you know I spoke to my father 15 minutes before I actually found him and I got to tell him that I loved him and that is something that I will forever cherish because you know if I didn't get to tell him that man I mean you know it just that's something that will weigh on you and I think you know a lot of people let a lot of emotions run through them but I think that's something that you always need to remember and for this sport, man, I mean, I, you know, there's so many dads and so many sons that are so close, like my father and I, and I, and I think, like, I think sometimes, like, you know, this sport can get a little overwhelming, as we've seen with a lot of the greats that come through. I mean, it can literally, you know, run somebody in the ground, and, and it can separate, you know, a parent from their child, and, cause, you know, it, it's a very demanding sport, and, and you want to win, but I think at the same time, if I had done anything a little bit different, I think I would have tried to cherish the memories a little bit more, just as, like I said, about the, the Winter X Games of getting second instead of being, like, angry that I didn't win. I wish I would have had to take in a little bit more and been happy and celebrated with my father and had been like, you know, hey, man, like, this is great. Like, we actually did it. Like, and, and sometimes we're hard on ourselves, and sometimes it's okay to, you know, just breathe a little bit and take in the moment because – you might not ever get that moment again and so realistically i think you know obviously you always need to have the winning mentality but sometimes just just be thankful for what you do have and 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 don't you know be mad that you don't have something or you that you didn't win that race because you can't win them all right man i mean we all know that and then our fathers have have told us that too but yeah man i mean realistically just enjoy it enjoy every day that you've got because you know what in the next second or day it could be your last last breath on earth i mean i learned that very quickly yeah that, that's that's very strong words man uh like i've said uh i'm so sorry for your loss uh it's uh um it's 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 just it doesn't did this conversation doesn't make it any less sad that uh your dad's no longer with us but i appreciate you coming on to uh to talk about him and introduce him to everybody and uh and hopefully everyone enjoyed uh you kind of going through some stories and stuff like that and uh um yeah I, i'm glad that uh you got to have as many memories as you did get to have with your dad and it sounds like uh, uh like you, you could spend the rest of your days just looking back on all those times because there's a lot of them Yeah, man, there is. I mean, there. It, that's one thing I do have is a ton of memories, and you know, I can look at stuff all around, you know, my office and in my room, and, and even when we did this funeral, you know, I took in several, you know, number one plates from titles that we won, and Loretta was Loretta Lynn bids, and like I said, you know, X Games medal on him, and and you know, that's just it was it was cool because you know when the funeral people or the funeral home asked me, they're like, you know, what flowers do you want? And I was like, the man don't want flowers. And I was like, I got what the man wants. Uh, I was like, it's at my, my house. I was like, I'll bring it in. And we literally laid out everything. You know, I wrote the articles that I was in in magazines and, and newspaper articles. And like I said, just all the good times that we have literally were just like laid over him. 
at the funeral, man, and it was just, it was crazy. And, like, yeah, I, I stepped back for a little bit, and that's what I was just thinking about church in the moment. And, like, you know, obviously I was upset that, you know, my father had passed and I was having to see him like this, but it also reminded me of all the good times that we had. And, like, I actually was just able to see it as a full, you know, picture, right, as a whole. And, like, it, it made me smile, man. I mean, we did, we did things, you know, that a lot of people don't get to do, and I was thankful for how he raised me and, and, and he never gave up on me and, and man like I will forever cherish you know having him in my life and it's tough man I mean I, I'll um, you know I'll always remember how he raised me and if I ever have a child I want to make sure that you know I'm half the man he was for me so yeah if um, if I could just have one last phone call right absolutely no I, you, that, I totally agree um it's it, it's super super hard to uh, um, imagine something like that happening, man. And I'm I'm hoping that you're doing all right, and I hope that uh, you have like there's there's gonna be really good days in the future. There'll be bad ones as well, uh, but uh, we're always here for you here over at Big MX. Uh, you can give me a shout anytime you need to chat or go through some stuff or whatever it happens to be, man. But uh, I appreciate you coming on and. Uh, uh, and doing this today, this was huge, and I, I hope that uh, it was uh, as fun for you as it was for me to uh, get to know your dad a little bit. Yeah, man, I really appreciate you having me on so we can uh, talk some stories. It was great. I mean, like I said, it took me down memory lane for sure, and uh, reminded me a lot of the uh, the hard days and the good days, right? So uh, I know it's great. I'm glad I was able to speak on him, and I'm sure. Uh, He's definitely smiling here, and, and there was there's plenty more to him. But I mean, you got the gist of him. He was just a badass dude. Absolutely, especially to uh, keep up with uh, with you uh, as a young kid with all of uh, all the races and whatnot. But uh, uh, I think the next time we're going to have you on the podcast, we got to call up that uh, uh, other Georgian fellow, Mister uh, Wes Williams, Triple W. You uh, will. Wes Williams, uh, it's like almost like a, it's almost like a double entendre, uh, coming all together to maybe do uh, some. Like you guys have been through a ton of shit together, and uh, I'm sure uh, get some stories flowing, and maybe uh, talk some shit to each other and stuff like that. It'll be good. For sure, yeah, man, that would be sweet. We'll, uh, you'll, you'll have to ask Wes how I spell the shit out of him too, and just like my dad. So uh, <laughs> he gets talking to me about wanting to ride still. No kidding. I, I, I do think it's interesting that uh, as passionate as both of you are about the sport of motocross uh, and the fact that you are, uh, um, for the most part, uh, wheel, wheelchair-bound, uh, that you still ride more than Wes, which is inexcusable on his part. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he actually, you know, he went to Winter X with us, and uh, he's just like, man, I need to get out and ride, but I just, I don't know, man, like, I'm worried, and, like, he would get all, get all, you know, weary with me, but at the same time, he just, he thought it was cool, so, yeah, I uh, I spent a little bit more laughs than Wes does, but uh, he definitely gets on his mountain bike and still rides, so, so I'll give him, I'll give him knuckles on that, but uh, for sure, and I've been trying to get him to come out and ride with me, I think he might just be a little intimidated. Yeah, I think straight up, like like he knows that he doesn't have your speed, definitely not your style. Because going through your Instagram a little bit today, like you got you got one of the one one video where you're literally on an adaptive motocross bike, like scrubbing over a single out of a corner, and I'm like, I don't know that I would do that. 
as an able-bodied person. So, um, yeah, I don't want anything, uh, any uh, Will Posey at the motocross track, uh, like uh, adaptive or not. You're 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 next level, man. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll get to uh, next time we have you on. We'll we'll get all into that stuff and we'll talk about it. For sure, man. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for the memories and the time. Uh, do not hang up just yet, my friend, but uh, for podcast sake, we'll cut it off right there.